My name is John Kieschnick, Lazy L Fish Farms, Giddings, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, feedlot placements are dropping across the nation according to the latest USDA cattle on feed report. And when you break that report down by state, we're seeing a big drop in placements right here in Texas as well. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Getting ready for the next season is on the minds of Texas High Plains farmers right now. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about what local research is saying on an important aspect of weed control. The 89th annual meeting of the Texas Farm Bureau is set for Waco. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and on Texas Ag Today, I'll have a preview of the convention that is set for December 2nd through the 4th. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas gets its first real cool front. A very busy time now for valley agriculture. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The recent cattle on feed report showed that numbers of cattle in Texas feedlots is up a bit compared to a year ago, but placements have taken a big drop. The total number of cattle and calves on feed in Texas feedlots with a capacity of 1,000 head or more totaled 2.86 million head on November 1st. That is up slightly from a year ago. Producers placed 440,000 head into feedlots during October. That's down a whopping 14% from a year ago. Feedlots marketed 390,000 head during October, up 4% from 2021. That big drop in placements mirrored the National Cattle on Feed Report, which also showed a big drop in placements. It was the lowest October placements number on record, since the series began in 1996. We have seen a lot of volatility in the cotton market recently, with limit up and down moves becoming more common. So where exactly is this market headed? Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist Dr. John Robinson says his outlook is for a wide range in prices over the coming months. So if I was just going to pick a 12-cent range, I'd probably go down to the gap at 76 which would put me up at like 88, but actually that's probably too low. So I'd say 76 to 90. And for new crop, 
you know, in the Delta and Southeast and other places in the belt, I think I've heard Delta growers themselves say they really need 90 cent futures, you know, to make things work. Corn prices are good. Soybean prices are good. So 85 to 90. And I don't know if that'll happen before planting. So it may, that may just set us up for a late spring rally once the market figures out not much is planted and it's still dry. Currently, nearby cotton futures are just under 83 cents, with next year's crop just under 78 cents. Texas will host a qualifying event for the World Livestock Auctioneer Championship. The second of three qualifiers for the championship will be hosted by Longview Livestock in Longview, Texas. It's coming up on December 1st. A total of 31 contestants will compete for a top 10 placing, That will grant them a spot in the semifinals at Arcadia Stockyard in Arcadia, Florida. Each qualifying event is a live sale where each contestant auctions at least eight lots of livestock to actual bidders. Contestants are judged on the clarity of their auction chant, professionalism, and their ability to conduct the sale while catching bids. Texas High Plains farmers are getting ready for the next season. James Hunt takes a look at weed control plans for the next crop. In this time between seasons, Texas High Plains farmers have a lot to think about ahead of spring planting. Weed control is always a consideration. And regarding that issue, Dr. Kevin Heflin of Texas A&M AgriLife says farmers will help their cause if they go by what the herbicide's label says. Every herbicide has an application rate that should be followed. The problem is not everybody wants to put it out at 15 gallons per acre or 20 gallons per acre application volume. And it's because, you know, it's more stops to fill up with water or, you know, make another tank mix. And, you know, time is money, but so are weeds. When you have a lot of weeds, it's going to cost yourself more money. So in the end, is it easier to put it out at the higher application volume and get a better control Or are you going to spray it two or three times? Dr. Heflin says the importance of applying the right volume was one thing local AgriLife researchers analyzed this year. We looked at application volume of five gallons per acre versus 15 gallons per acre. And in this application, we also used a special kind of paper that would allow us to see what the coverage physically looked like. And I can say without a doubt that the five gallon per acre coverage was abysmal compared to the 15. Dr. Heflin says failing to apply the right amount of herbicide can mean losing significant amounts of yield. But beyond that, you could have resistance issues. If a weed doesn't get enough of the herbicide and it can grow through it and get by, that's how resistance issues start. And Dr. Heflin will have more to say on weed management during the CEU workshop at the Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show on Tuesday. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The largest farm organization in Texas has its annual convention coming up next week. Tom Nicoletti has more. Texas farmers and ranchers will address organizational policy issues and be recognized for membership achievements at the 89th annual meeting of the Texas Farm Bureau, December 2nd through the 4th in Waco. Members from the state's 205 county farm bureaus will work together to craft policy positions and prepare for the challenges agriculture faces. Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining said, quote, 
It is important for us to address the needs and concerns of Texas agriculture and rural communities. Through our grassroots development process, ranchers and farmers will help identify ways to strengthen agriculture in our state and our nation. Benning goes on to say that our grassroots policy reflects the thinking of those who work to ensure we have a plentiful domestic supply of food, fiber, and fuel. About 1,000 farmers and ranchers are expected in Waco during the meeting to discuss the latest agricultural issues, recognize successes from the year, and evaluate the organization's policies. Activities will be held at the downtown Waco Convention Center. Among events are the Texas Farm Bureau Member Services exhibits, county activities of excellence displays, and the Young Farmer and Rancher Silent Auction. The discussion meet and the Young Farmer and Rancher Excellence in Agriculture finalist will be featured during the convention. During the business session of the convention, Farm Bureau members will discuss state and national policy issues to guide the organization's advocacy efforts. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cold weather is moving in to the Rio Grande Valley, while valley farmers are very busy at this time of year. Jim Hearn has an update from Deep South Texas. The weather is turning cooler. Morning lows have dipped into the 50s with daytime highs in the upper 70s, low 80s. Now, we finally got a front down here with some moisture, and that was very welcome. Valley water districts continue to restrict water amounts for valley producers. Some producers have very little or no water left in their water accounts until next year. Now, if the weather stays cool, water needs should be reduced, but hopefully we won't get back into the 90-degree mark anytime soon. The harvest of vegetables continues, cabbage, carrots, uh, winter salad greens. The young onion crop looks really good right now. The harvest of sugar cane is underway, along with citrus, both grapefruit and oranges. The latest rains in the ranch country have helped the range conditions, although burn bans are still in effect for almost all of South Texas. They will probably continue for the remainder of the year. Elevations at Amistad and Falcon Reservoir, well, they continue to well have a slow rise. Watershed rains have been light this early winter season, and let's hope it picks up. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. The Farm Service Agency is now accepting applications from Texas landowners who are interested in executing conservation practices to help wildlife and in exchange for an annual rental payment. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And embryo transfer in cattle is a great tool for cattle producers. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Embryo transfer in cattle is a great tool for cattle producers, but Dr. Bob Judd says it can be tricky to get successful pregnancies. Embryo transfer is a great idea if you have an exceptional individual cow, but to be cost-effective, it must be successful and end up with a live calf. Dr. Paul Fricke from the University of Wisconsin indicated in Bovine Veterinarian that progesterone is the key hormone in the establishment and maintenance of pregnancy. Increasing the concentration of progesterone can increase pregnancy rates and decrease pregnancy losses after embryo transfer. One method of increasing progesterone is to administer the hormone human chorionic gonadotropin, or HCG. HCG binds to another hormone and can induce ovulation. If used within seven days after ovulation, HCG can induce a structure called a corpus luteum to form on the ovary, and this structure produces progesterone. Dr. Freaky recommends giving HCG during in vitro fertilization embryo transfer scenarios because in vitro fertilization embryos are not normal and have higher rates of embryo losses. In vitro fertilization is a technique in which fertilization takes place in a lab and not inside the animal. And this process is sometimes referred to as a test tube baby. By administering HCG, the recipient animals will have a higher ovulatory response due to formation of an extra corpus luteum, and this extra corpus luteum increases progesterone concentration. A recent study tested the use of HCG on 300 Holstein heifers, with half of the group receiving the drug and the other half repainting as controls. Results indicated that treatment with HCG did not increase the number of pregnancies, but it did help to reduce the number of pregnancies lost by 50%. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Farm Service Agency is now accepting applications for practices that improve wildlife habitat. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The Farm Service Agency is now accepting applications from Texas landowners who are interested in working with FSA to implement conservation practices to help protect endangered species and other wildlife. 71 Texas counties are eligible for the Prairie State Acres for Wildlife Enhancement, or SAFE, project, while landowners in five Texas counties can apply for the Lower Rio Grande Valley Thorn Scrub SAFE project. The goal of the Prairie Safe Project is to reconnect geographically and reproductively isolated populations of lesser prairie chicken, northern bobwhite, and other grassland species by creating, restoring, and maintaining about 250,000 acres of native prairie habitat patches and corridors. The goal of the Thorn Scrub Safe Project is to help landowners restore Tamalapan thorn scrub habitat for the endangered ocelot and other wildlife species by creating and maintaining about 5,000 acres of native woody shrub and grassland habitat. Kelly Adkins, State Executive Director for FSA in Texas, said she highly encourages farmers and landowners to consider the CRP safe opportunities. She said it allows FSA to work alongside producers to address certain wildlife conservation concerns to help mitigate habitat loss, while providing annual rental payments to farmers and landowners who agree to execute actions according to an approved conservation plan. Landowners in the Texas Panhandle can apply for Prairie Safe. Landowners in Cameron, Hildago, Kennedy, Starr, and Willacy counties can apply for Thorn Scrub Safe. Interested landowners should contact their local FSA office. 
For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a very light trading session on the day after Thanksgiving, but we traded nonetheless. So we'll look back at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We did have some market trade in the agricultural markets on Friday, but there really wasn't much to it. Being a holiday weekend, it was actually a shortened trading session, only traded from 8 to noon, and we'd wrap things up with a lower close in the cattle complex. December live cattle down 25 cents, 153.10. The February down 30, 155.12. April live cattle down 15 cents to close the week at 158.97. Same story on the feeder market. January feeders down 57, 178.67. March feeder cattle down 37 at 181.97, while April was down 20, 185.85. Cash fed cattle market had a great week over the last week. We put a big chunk of money onto the market. Packers were short bought, had to pay up. We ended up selling cattle here in the south from 154 to 155 on a live basis. That's four bucks higher compared to the previous week. Live sales in the north range from 157 to 159. Boxed beef prices mixed on Friday. Choice down 61 cents, 251.95. Select up to 60 at 235.93. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass is my guest today here. He's from Cattleman's Brenham there in Brenham. They sell them every Friday, Doug. How'd your sale go? Ended up with 1,580 head of cattle. If you're on your weigh-in cows, your thinner lower-yielding cows, 25 to 38 medium flesh cows, 40 to 59. Better cows bring 62 to 81. Lower-yielding thinner bulls, 70 to 85. Better higher-yielding bulls, 90 to 98. Didn't have any pair cows, bred cows. Two to three weight steers, $1.50 to 215. Heifers, 140 to 184. Three to four weight steers, 145 to 230. Heifers, 135 to 197. Four to five weight steers, 135 to 212. Heifers, 130 to 187. Five to six weight steers, 130 to 188. Heifers, 120 to 197. Six to seven weight steers, 125 to 190. Heifers, 110 to 185. Seven to eight weight steers, 110 to 160. Heifers, 105 
to 160. Any 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yarns bring a dollar to a dollar 40. Heiferets 85 to 120. Sounds like you had a, a good sale. How do you feel about sales coming back after the holiday? I think we'll be busy. I think we've got three sales left. I've got a lot of people calling and asking, you know. Uh, I think we'll have three good sales ahead of us yesterday. And good. this market keeps slipping up on us a little bit, you know, getting a little higher. So that's encouraging folks to bring a few to town. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. Call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. Call Sheriff Brenham at the office, 979-836-3621. We appreciate it, and we'll talk with you after the sale. Y'all have a good turkey day. Yes, sir. Y'all do the same, Mr. Larry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs finished lower Friday. December hogs dropped 20 cents, 83.75. February hogs down 35 at 88.45. No trade on Friday in the Class 3 milk market. Cotton market took a steep drop on Friday. USDA released its weekly export sales report. That report actually showed a negative number because of China canceling a huge purchase of 109,000 bales. Also, the COVID-19 lockdowns in China weighing heavily on the market. Word is that about two-thirds of Beijing is closed for COVID restrictions. And, of course, those COVID lockdowns tend to dampen any textile demand. So that weighs heavily on the cotton market. March cotton dropped 272 points Friday to close at 80.18. May cotton down 267.79.53, with December 23 cotton down 193 points at 76 cents even. We had a higher close in the corn market. December corn up four cents, 667 and a quarter. March corn up four and a quarter at 670 and a half. But that was not the case in the wheat market. Both hard and soft wheat closing lower. December Kansas City wheat down nine cents at 921 and a quarter. But the soft wheat market got hit hard. December Chicago wheat down 22 cents at 771 and a half. In the energy markets, December natural gas dropped 48 cents at 681. January crude oil down $1.38, 76 56 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow up 152 points at 34,347. The Nasdaq down 58, 11,226. The S&P down one point at 4,026. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.